0: Did you know that 89% of award-winning ad campaigns fall into just six categories of thinking? And now the ad nerds at AdHouse Advertising School have taken that thinking and turned it into a deck of cards. AdHouse of Cards is a deck of 35 cards designed to help you come up with big ideas. Each card includes a prompt, a proven technique used by award-winning ad pros to jumpstart your thinking and improve your campaigns. Visual thinkers can use the backs of the cards to free associate using gorgeous photography from the artists at Unsplash.com. Ad House of Cards will teach you to hone in on the benefit, dramatize it, romanticize it, look at it sideways, and twist it into a pretzel. And the best part is that all of the proceeds go to the Ad House Scholarship Program, supporting our mission to make the advertising industry more inclusive. Ad House of Cards, a deck for ad nerds. Get yours today for just 20 bucks at adhousenyc.com. To the a Hello, ad nerds, and welcome to the A-List, the podcast that asks the world's top advertising professionals how they got started in the business. I'm your host, Tom Christman, Executive Creative Director at Vayner Media. What? Yeah, big news, big news. And co-dean at AdHouse Advertising School. Today, you're going to hear my conversation with Pete Favat, creative chairman at Deutsche LA. We talk about growing up in New Jersey. I did that too. Going to the School of Visual Arts with Keith Haring. I did not do that. That's very cool. Falling in love with the art of film on a shoot in LA and selling his agency to Arnold instead of leaving it, which, is, which was a really cool conversation. Uh, And then we get to look at the future with a peek at Steelhead, Deutsch's production studio in Los Angeles with its own state-of-the-art soundstage. Sounds very cool. Um, This is an episode about obsession with craft and the luck that comes along with it. Um, And it's my first time meeting Pete. He's a really nice guy. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Mr. Pete Favat. Hey Pete Favat. Hey, nice to meet you. We've never met. How are you? Welcome to my wall. Yeah, I love the wall. What's the significance of the wall? Uh, For those who uh, aren't aren't seeing video because I don't use video, it's uh, it's got some it's got some hash marks on it, and they move to side.
1: This is how many days we've worked from home. Wow, that's a lot. That orange mark up there is a year. Wow. Yeah. I put in a just a piece of electrical tape every day. It's like Tom Hanks and Castaway, you know. Yeah, all sane. That's crazy,
0: and it really shows visually what the uh, what we've been through. Um, so, uh, Pete Favat, how are you today?
1: I am good, thank you very much. Uh, it's a nice nice day out here in California. It's nice and cool. Where did you grow up, and and, well, and all that? My older brother always told me they found me in the gutter. Um, and I was adopted. He told me that for a few years. Yeah. Uh, no, I I was born and raised in New Jersey. Born in Hackensack. Uh, Love it. Bergen County. Um, my parents are both uh, first-generation Italian immigrants who moved out. They they lived on 119th Street uh, and Third Avenue, and they moved out to New Jersey during those times. I think that's what the Italians did. Uh, yeah. Moved out of the city. So 60s up, 70s yep 60s late 50s 60s mm-hmm. so I grew up in New Jersey went to uh, a public high school in Bergen County called Riverdale um, and I had no um, no focus or any sort of ambition <laughs> in do life you, like zero you,
0: yeah you just kind of bummed around like like all of us do
1: Yeah, I think a lot of other people had clearer pictures of what they were going to do. I literally had zero. I like to draw. I would draw everything in my high school, all the football programs, the yearbooks, all hockey programs, everything. In fact, people still who graduate with me will send a picture and say, I still have that picture you drew of me. Like cartoons And caricatures and and things. So I, I... I just, it was the one thing that I could do that and watch sports and eat those, those yeah. three things were, what I was like really good at. Yeah. And, um, I, when it came time to start to think about like, what the hell are you going to do when you grow up? I literally, I, I wanted to, I thought I wanted to be an oceanographer, marine biologist, right. um, live out at sea, study sea life. Sounds like a, sounds like a good time. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I sucked in math and I sucked in science and sucked in all the classes except history, and um, yeah, that wasn't gonna work. So I just kept drawing. I, I will say that thank you know thank God for my parents because I had an older brother who was on a roll. He was I literally had a teacher or two say to me, "What happened to you? I had your brother. He was so smart. Like right. what, you know what is what was wrong with you?"
0: How many years yeah. ahead of you was he? Five.
1: He was okay. five years ahead of me. He first born, super intense, but like way smarter. Literally, yeah. I would get an F and my and I'd say to my parents, like, what? It's F for Favad. This is right. This is awesome, man. <laughs> they weren't having it. Yeah. So kind of rode the line of C's and D's. And like, I just, um, I didn't know it then. I know now it's like I had. Frontal lobe issues and dyslexic, um, yeah. attention problems that no one knew about. Right. And I, it was just all boring to me and I couldn't wrap my head around it and I couldn't read as fast as other kids. So it was kind of like thinking, looking back on it now, it's like, oh, maybe that's why I drew so much because right. I knew that I could communicate that way, way better than writing or reading. Yeah. I still, yeah. have, still have trouble reading. And, and maybe that was it. So when it came time to go into calculus and trigonometry, right? I mean, it's like, gee, yeah. algebra, geometry was easy because it was yeah. visual. Yeah. Same algebra for me. Was, I got Al- a plus,
0: a plus yeah. in geometry. It, was, you know like, math it was like, it was like, yeah, same. It's
1: like, lots oh, it's an isosceles. What the hell's wrong with everybody? It's yeah, like, look at that Obviously, thing. I can prove that. Eight, Here you go. It's got eight sides. It's all visual. It's the only math that's really visual. The rest right. of it is like, wow, it's like abstract. So um, geometry and history. I loved history because it was stories. Um, and it was factual. It happened. Or we thought it was factual, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's at go back time. to this. High school history books and mark them as fiction now. Yes. Um, on Columbus Day of all he, days. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, so I said to my parents, um, I think I want to go to art school. Uh, I, I don't want to go to university. I think I'll just party too much. I'm, I'm already loopy. Um, I work hard. I had like jobs after school all the time for years. I managed a sporting goods store. It wasn't that. It was just like, what am I going to do with my life? And I thought, yeah. Maybe I'll just be a retail manager. Maybe I'll just manage the sporting goods store. Yeah, And I, I like that. It seems like fun. But I was just like, nah, there's probably something else. So my parents went to my high school. And my high school was really great for doing this. They said, if our son takes uh, calc and trig, he's going to fail. He, he's, he does not have that capacity. Now, whether you could say that today or not, um, and if schools could be this flexible, I, I said, I'm not going to be a doctor or an engineer. I'm not going to need this level of, uh, of mathematics because mm-hmm. I'm, I can't understand it. And I don't think it's going to fit in my life at all. Like, I don't know if you use trigonometry or calculus at all. And no. like, so it was a total waste. And here's another way to make a kid less confident. Another way right. to take away his self-esteem. Yeah. Because it's like, you're, everybody else could do it. it's like, well, I can't. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So the school, my parents said, can you let him triple up on art classes? So instead of one art class uh, during a week, and I think art was two or three times a week, can you let him triple up? So take three art classes because he needs to put together a portfolio to get into an art school. Wow. How did they know that? Uh your well, parents I started, know I started that? reading, I started reading about uh SVA because that's right over the river. Um yeah. at, uh, I knew some older kids who graduated, went to Cooper, and I was just like, wait a minute, there's schools for painting and drawing, and like that's what you do. Okay, that's where I want to go. So I I scraped out of high school. Um, and Dr. Geminiani, I'll never forget her, she was my art teacher. Um She just spent time with me and put together a college portfolio, painting, sculpture, all the types of things that schools were looking for to get in. And I also helped her teach the class. Like I would I would spend a lot of time saying to kids, stop throwing pennies against Venetian blinds. This shit is the good stuff. This is where you can actually express yourself and you don't have to listen to the books and what they tell you, where you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Like, this is the class we should really be, like, really loving. And and I realized, wow, I'm pretty passionate about this. This is crazy. Yeah. So long story short, put together a portfolio, get into SVA, 1979. Keith Haring mm-hmm. is there. Oh, my God. Uh, what a great class. Sam Bear was in my class. Uh, I mean, was it was it
0: down lower, like, uh, down near the to same place it is now? Like, that must yeah, have been that- so... Scary. <laughs> Dude, I,
1: it was the best.
0: Yeah. It must have been it, like dirty New York, like 1979.
1: 1979. Like, Soho's right down the street. Yeah. Oh yeah. And no one was in Soho. We would right. go down and tag buildings or paint on buildings, and no no cops, nobody would see you. You go down there today with with paint. <laughs> I'm like, forget it. The Gucci, the Gucci security guard is taking you in, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's completely changed in like Alphabet City. You wouldn't <clears> even <throat> go there. It was so yeah. dangerous. I love that time. Yeah. stinky, fucking New York was bankrupt. Yeah. Uh, garbage men went on strike every August and the garbage piled up. It was just like such a gross, dangerous, violent place. Yeah, I don't the, know why I'm crazy, but I loved it. I loved yeah, the
0: it. the art of the time, uh, Keith Haring and and Basquiat, Basquiat. and uh, I mean, all the all those all those artists doing these like funky, messed up, scary things. And music,
1: the Ramones, David yeah. Johansson, you know, New
0: York. Were Dolls. you going to CBGBs
1: and all oh, that you, stuff all the time? So the Ramones, wow. CBGB. It's really a shame. It's really a shame that they let. I guess there's a lot of politics, but um, at one point we had Jack Daniels and we went out to uh, Brown Foreman when uh, we read CBGB's closing. They didn't owe a lot on the mortgage, and and we tried to convince uh, Jack Daniels to just pay down the mortgage, yeah, and keep it open, yeah. And there wasn't any agreement because it was just like, why would we do that? It's like your product was like the 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 aura <laughs> yeah. of your product was born there in Punk Rock. Yeah yeah it's like one of the places that and it's probably some country western bars that are like Gillies down in Texas. It's like you should be like in the business of maintaining these places, right, because if there's more places
0: like that, then there'll be more people drinking your beverage. yeah, and you and sort you'
1: have of... a museum, a piece of real fucking music history, yeah for 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 you know forever. Well, that's a stupid idea. Why would we? Yeah, do? yeah.
0: <laughs> of course yeah uh it's hard so, to convince uh the you know corporate guys yeah
1: corporate and so. people who didn't grow up there people who grew right. up in kentucky or whatever and it's like you know you you try but i that's the type of thing that that i love that type of work or those types of ideas yeah because cbgb should not be a fucking um santander bank or whatever it is right now yeah or, i think or, it's or a versace
0: the versace right isn't it
1: or who's the other rock designer guy um uh he's like the men's designer right rock and roll what the hell's his name oh i forget um varvados right varvados yeah i look at him and i say your business fashion is rock and roll why the fuck didn't you leave it open yeah it's yeah. happening out here with the Cinerama Dome. Like, it's closed. And it's like somebody's got to keep it open.
0: like Right. Yeah. That oh, piece of history. And that, that place.
1: It's like, people don't step up. It's really weird.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then anyway. it's gone. So much of New York is gone. So so you go there for uh, for art, uh, mm-hmm. like painting and, and sculpture. Um, and were you like, I'm going to be a professional artist? I'm going to... Oh, Yeah. Yeah. So that was your, that was your goal. I'm
1: going to be a painter. I'm starting to love this. Uh, My mom was a painter. I used to paint with her in the backyard when I, I, my first memory was like three or four. I had my own easel. Um, My mom was really, really creative. My dad was too. Uh, But they weren't in the business of creativity. They were just creative people who world war II era, they went and got jobs. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't like oh, I'm gonna be an artist. Like, well, also
0: in the Italian American community, I mean the the craftsmen, the and- craftsmen and the the you know, the you, know, you look at houses from the twenties, thirties, forties, they are beautiful because they're made mm-hmm. by real craftsmen uh, today and the buildings of New York City, uh the, the yeah, Empire the State Work. Building. I mean the Empire State Building. um but yeah, at some point it just kinda oh that craft thing, we're not gonna do that anymore. Uh, Well,
1: it's kind of of funny because when my grandmother came over, she came over 16 direct from Italy all by herself. She shaved her hair off, sold it to a wig maker in Torino, jumped on a boat and came to America all by herself. 16. Wow. Can you imagine? She said when she saw Manhattan coming up out of the water and she saw the Statue of Liberty, she just broke down in hysterical tears. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Like, Uh, what did I do? Oh my God. And this is so different. Yeah. I mean, no, there's no radio. There's no television back then. It's like yeah. a, it's a surprise, surprise. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm diverging. So, um, but college was in immigrants. I don't know if your family's Im- immigrant family. Yeah.
0: I, I was the first generation kind of to go to college. We had one nurse who had gone to nursing Sweet school. Deal. I, was, I was the first kid in my family to
1: yeah. go to college. Yeah. It, so it was it was funny because I, I'm totally um, uh, cynical I look at it and say, wow, OK, it was probably true to get this immigrant class of people educated uh, and moving towards getting higher jobs than being, um, let's say, you know, the blue collar jobs and things like that. Yeah. To, start to get the class to be a little bit more um, diverse. Mm hmm. And college was sold as an American dream. And it was, there was no, uh, there was no question in our house. You're going to college, yeah. Like, but, but I'm not going to university. I'll, I'll, I'll party too much. I love parties. I love hanging out with people and goofing off, snowboarding, whatever. Um, yeah. I'm not going to go to those fucking classes. I'm just telling you. I'm that so says confident. a lot
0: about you that you knew that about yourself, that you were like, I, I, I won't I won't do well. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then I'll fail again. Um, right. So anyway, cut to, to, cut to SBA. Great time. Frank Ockenfels. I mean, there's so many people. And right off the bat, um, Marshall Irisman is my illustration teacher. That He was making uh, probably around 15 Time magazine covers a year. Uh, mm-hmm. Paula Shear, who you interviewed. Yes, my design was my design uh, uh, instructor.
0: She did the Boston album cover probably right around then. Right. When was
1: that? That was before then. That was before. Yeah. uh, Yeah. No, 73, 75. It was was like 75. But all my favorite albums, I turned them over. Designed by Paula Sher, CBS records. It's like, she's teaching me now. This is crazy. Yeah. And so you had these people who were unbelievable knock a mailer uh a drawing teacher my sculpture yeah. teachers all of it
0: um they and- used to call it commercial art that was like that was how i like grew yeah, up in high school art. that was my three courses i i almost did the same thing as you except my parents didn't have to do it i was just tracked they they were like well uh, you are not going to be a doctor. <laughs> so you will be having uh and and they allowed you to do it for yourself in my school. This is 86.
1: Is this in high school?
0: Uh, yeah, 85, 86, mm-hmm. where, where they were just like 84, 85. They were like, what do you want to do? And we we were able to like make our own class schedule. And I just said, I'm gonna do, you know, English, social studies, history, gym, wow, and, and art. That's it. Is that like
1: a Montessori school? Is that something? No, like...
0: it was Union High School where Ray Liotta went like, you know,
1: most. Wait, so you're from Jersey too? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty progressive. Yeah, they you know, were that's very progressive. Education should be. Uh, We could go off, dude, we could talk for hours about this. I am <laughs> such a strong. I have a real strong point of view about um, that. Not all people, especially in the creative industry. Need to go to college, yeah it, it you doctors, lawyers, engineers, uh people who are building things um, that are going to keep us alive, yeah that, for sure, but or the way s v a was 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 a vocational school i didn't yeah. there was no math there was there was only art history, there was literature, but that was pretty fucking awesome because they would have us read really dark shit, which was awesome, yeah, yeah. um. And that was it. There was no science. You know, right. There were no sports teams either. It was yeah. like, which it was is like science, the
0: science of color, right? The science of color. Yeah, that was about it. Like color
1: theory and stuff yeah. like that, which I loved. And, it, it, and, and some psychology, which I think they could have done more of. Right. So the first year or two, you take everything. Photography, drawing, no matter what, you're not allowed to make a decision whether you're going to go, commercial art or fine art because then you've got a uh um you've got a a lean to choose i think in sophomore year you had to make the decision going into junior year because it divides the curriculum yeah so keith went fine art and it was a that was a hard choice because i thought i was going to be fine art i'm going to be a painter until i got there and it's like Fuck! i will yeah. make a dime i will <laughs> i'll be one of those people this, this guy who, keith
0: herring might make some money but i'm yeah, not at, and, yeah yeah, and
1: 20 30 other people above me making some amazing stuff and it's just like i don't and it's funny too because i shouldn't have thought that way but it's like i just don't want to starve uh this right, right this isn't it but hey this design thing was really cool so i started with design then got heavy into photography then got into advertising and yeah. took, uh, bill urban chuck schroeder were my uh teachers they were doing the miller light campaign at backer so they created that campaign so they would come in uh twice a week teach our class ruthless like ruthless throwing your your work off the wall throwing it at you putting on the ground saying, this is shit. You'll never, you'll never make it in this business. Yeah. I think our class, uh, I think 25 to 30% of the kids left because it was tough. It was rough. I was like, we're just doing this because if you get a job in an agency, it's not going to be like, hey, you know, roll around and do whatever you want and blah, blah, blah. It's at that, especially at that time. Business has changed so much. Yeah. Um, but uh, they were they were way tougher than that business actually is. It was good. Yeah. It was like a, yeah. a boot camp. Yeah. Ken Musto, he was tough. He actually hired me the day, of, the day I graduated. Oh, I've wow. never been on an interview. He's like, I'm hiring you over at Wonderman. I need wow. you on the Carol Lynch account. I was like, well, I was going to go down and hang out with my cousin in the Caribbean for like a month and just drink beer and like uh, hang out with some, you know, meet girls and he's like well you could start a professional salary tomorrow or you could go fuck off for three months and who the hell knows what'll happen then oh boy totally me oh no oh shit i'm gonna fuck it all up i'll take the job <laughs> did you do, you do
0: you regret that do you wish you uh had gone down um,
1: to uh oh yeah because a lot of funny stuff happened um <laughs> Buddy told me it was a crazy story <laughs> but I I quickly thought, you know what? Let me get some experience under my belt. Let let me get my career going when I'm young, yeah. And I'll experience that shit in a first class way, not in a like a a you know a beach bum way with no yeah. money yeah. and like you know sleeping on the on a bench
0: and yeah. like. So you had that like, practical side that was always saying to you, like, "Hey, man." Like yeah. watch out for yourself, you know, this could all go away. And and that comes from the immigrant mentality of your parents and the it's sort the depression of depression era. Yeah.
1: Like, we 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 don't want to be on a food line. It, yeah. oh, that was going green. You don't get credit cards, you pay for everything with cash. If yes. you can't afford that money to pay right now, then you don't fucking buy that thing, you know? Yeah. Why it's a are great we getting way to, to live? I, I I don't know. It's served me well. It's like, why are we getting these electric windows? Uh, Dad, you should get those electric windows in the cars now. Why would I do that? I'm perfectly fine cranking my window. Those things yeah. break, and they cost extra money.
2: Yeah, I'm not yeah. going
1: that way. You guys are very <laughs> practical, logical, very logical. I need things organized in my head. Yeah. So it's not organized. So I try to organize stuff. And so, yeah. Wonder
0: Wonderman was a uh, direct response, right? It like was, uh, yeah. Dr. Were, were you were you, were you like of that, like, oh shit, I don't wanna, was that, a, was that a consideration? Like, I don't want, cause I, my first job was at Ogilvy Direct. So we, we have the same life, I'm realizing. It's too,
1: it's too weird. Cause I um, had no, I had no oh, it's okay to curse on here. Right? Yeah, of course. Oh, I had no fucking idea what direct response was. I right. mean, no idea. My father was in, the print, was in the printing business. He was a publisher for sort of printing trade magazines. Uh, it, it'd be like ad week, but all for the printing industry. Yeah. So I knew a lot about like um, I knew a lot about like newspaper and printing and all of this stuff. Which w- w- they told me your job is to uh, be doing di- direct response newspaper and small space magazine ads. We need concepts, and it's got to have a giant coupon on the bottom. It's like what what what, what? <laughs> and,
0: and for Merrill Lynch.
1: For Merrill, Merrill Lynch, Lynch was
0: doing coupon ads, which
1: That's... was at YNR. The account was at YNR. But we were doing all the DR. Yeah. So Bill Singer, Ken Musto, good people. Yeah. Um, And five months in, it's like I was on the Lucy machine all night. I'm like resizing SAU chart bold graphics. I did one (laughs) or two cool things with the bold, but they're like, no, you can't do that with the bold. Yeah. And I I did a, a one or two things that, and you know, it was great. My parents were down in out in Chicago. They saw the ad, first ad I ever did in, in the Chicago Tribune. And yeah. they were like, we're so proud of you. It's like, no, nah, you shouldn't be. Cause this is like, this is, I'm not proud of this shit. It's like, I did it. I made an ad. Right. Uh, it's like, but this is not what I want to do. So I lasted there for five months. I, the, the last straw was uh, bull photographs would come in from all over the world. Whoever was, it was like a Marlboro shoot, you know? Yeah. You got, like some lucky ass creative director is traveling all over the world with a cool photographer, (laughs) photographing bulls on mountains all over the world, right? (laughs) And drinking all night long. Yes. Um, And they send back the photos to retouch the balls off the bull. (laughs) And it's like, even then, I was 23, 24, I'm like, this is not what I want to do. Jeannie Rantucci, I think, Jeannie, God, I should know her name. She was an art director there and she was older than me. And she said, you, you don't belong here. I've got a friend named Joe Cholesky and Dana Jones over at Lintos, SSC and B. They work on Diet Coke and Carnation. I'm going to get you a meeting over there. You should go meet those guys. I said, okay, I'll do that. So she did that. She sent me over there. Uh, Do you know Mary Knox? I don't know. Okay. I don't think so. Funny experience. I think I'll probably keep it off this podcast. Okay. Uh, uh, that uh, went up there, loved everybody, and I got a job. I didn't know I had a motorcycle jacket. It's like not knowing what I was doing. Here's my yeah. portfolio. Uh, I've got one Merrill Lynch thing. Please don't look at it. And here's my college portfolio. Dana and and Joe hired me. They put me on Diet Coke, the launch of Diet Coke. Wow. And carnation, uh, Frisky's buffet, cat food, which was fun. They were great bosses, small group. Um, and before you knew it, I'm presenting to Sergio Zeman in Atlanta.
0: Like, That's awesome. What got it, you that job? Do you think what what was the was it your book? Was it your attitude? What What do you think? I, was I think
1: the, it was. I think you were cheap. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I was cheap. I don't. I I don't know. You know what I've always found is my first. Pers- I get. A, I, whether it's a good thing or a or not, I get by a lot on personality and the way I talk with people and open up to people. And um Jeannie saw something like a big sister, and she just helped me out. And yeah. I from all from the the guidance counselor helping me out to take three hour classes to Dr. Jaminyani helping me out. I always go way out of my way to help people out because it's really the only way that people um, can get a shot. Yeah. So, so yeah, Jeannie sent me over there. It was fun. I five, five years there. I was part of the Diet Coke launch team. It was so exciting. Wow. And Sergio Zeman was a crazy, like the most famous CMO at the time. Yeah. Uh, running Coca Cola. He's the guy who said, we're uh, going to change the, uh, formula, and we're. I'm going to introduce New Coke. Yes, he was the New Coke guy, and it was like, oh, auto hitting wall at 300 miles an hour. Wow, not a good idea. Was we he just
0: go. turned into
1: dust? Was he just fired so he, fast? It or? hurt. It hurt him really bad, but he stayed, yeah. and he brought back Coke Classic. And yeah. then I don't know what happened to him. He became a consultant. Um, but yeah, that that was fun. And then a bunch of other accounts. But things started. There was a lot of energy where and, were
0: you Where were you living in New York City at that point? I was
1: living in Weehawk in New Jersey on Boulevard uh, East Wow, taking and the bus was, in.
0: You must have been taking the bus or in
1: the, or the vans the uh the little uh the vans that just they used to call them gypsy vans. I don't know if that's proper, yeah, yeah but yeah. um yeah, for uh, just a guy driving a van, you give him like five bucks, and there's <laughs> he like takes you into the city. in his van. No insurance, I'm sure, nothing like yeah, is it the van? It's the squid
0: game you you were in this game so no spoilers, no spoilers, oh my
1: god, um so yeah, so uh I then you get across town and they were a dag one dag plaza, so over by the u n yeah, it was a cool place worked there for five years, my first commercial uh frisky's buffet, I'm not boasting at all but, um. First commercial I ever did, first time in Los Angeles, which is a whole other story, like talking about lighting my brain up. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> Los Angeles is like insane. Never, you had been never, there.
0: you had never been there and you no, never, yeah,
1: never been there. And I'm on a movie set shooting, it was like cat food, but still they shot Chaplin movies here at Raw. Uh, Raleigh Studios, the oldest studio there, yep. working with this guy who did uh, Colin Chilvers, who did the rear screen projection, just did it for the uh, Superman movie. Wow. And, and Chuck Rocher, whose father was Mary Pickford's personal cameraman, won the first Oscar for cinematography. They created it for him. So this old dude, Chuck Rocher, I'm in LA. I'm like, this is like fucking nuts. We shoot this commercial, it went to Gold Clio. Not like, and I and I thought this shit's so easy, right? Like everything I did and then like five (laughs) years goes by, I don't get anything. Did you get a big head? Did you did you start to like sweat? Have a little
0: bit of that asshole swagger that the kids have? Yeah, I bet
1: you. There's people that would say that for sure. um But it it literally was like I thought, oh my gosh, this is not so hard. Right. And it was just it was timing and luck, and and that's all it was. Um, that, that's what it always is, but yeah, LA, la really lit me up to be more excited about advertising. There was something about that process that, those days, going out here, coming out here, yeah, being on the set, and it's like, okay, you could do big things.
0: Staying at Shutter's? Were you staying at was? Shutters no, no, that hanging? was
1: way. We uh, were at uh, the Mondrian. Back- oh yes, the Mondrian.
0: Oh, yeah, that it. was my that was my first place that I stayed too. Yeah, we, the, we literally have the same uh, life. I'm like, I'm like uh, eight years behind you.
1: Like that place, I walked in there. I'm like, this yeah. is the shit. Yeah, this is the shit. Unbelievable how cool this is. Yeah, the, oh, the, the anyway.
0: Mondrian. The Mondrian was where uh, I was like, you know, they'd let you into like the club area, like the outside oh, yeah. club thing. So I went down there with my partner Jeff Curry, who's now like running the world at Ogley. Um, and we went down it was our first trip to LA too and uh, Jeff Goldblum was there oh yeah and uh, Flava Flav was there I'm like what the heck holy like, shit dude I
1: wonder if this we is were so real we were there at the at the same time because I got in an elevator one time on Drown Flava Flave was in the elevator yeah we could have been there at the like exact same time
0: yeah we probably were he was, or or those two guys always hung out there, which which might be the he case. Could. They probably lived like up the block.
1: I remember seeing a window fly open. I was down in the pool It was LL Cool J, and he's and he gets up and he just no shirt on. He goes Aah! with two bottles of booze, whatever he's <laughs> drinking, and these two women come up from each side and they drag him back down. It's like
0: Aah! oh it'd be LL it. Cool it J is awesome. not in Queens anymore.
1: Oh boy. But yeah. yeah, those days were crazy. But yeah, LA um, kind of turbo boosted, that trip kind of turbo boosted the idea of, you know, the type of work and make, making more, focusing more on film back then, Yeah, making that the priority, um, I think was one of the things that, I wasn't, a, print was cool, outdoor was cool, I'm an art director, so radio was like, yeah, But television to me became my, my, my biggest focus. Yeah. It's like, how do I do really cool shit? How do I do fun stuff or stuff that really stands out? And it was a fun time. I don't think it's like that anymore, but
0: who were your, uh, well now it's, yeah, now it's TikTok. The same thing Mm -hmm. with TikTok and you don't get to go anywhere.
1: Um, the, uh, The who were
0: your heroes? Who were you? did you, did you like, were you looking up to people in the business or were you like, I don't know, like, Oh, Joe Pitka,
1: yeah, for sure. I would. Uh, remember? Do you remember those Mitsubishi little electric printers, thermal printers, where you could freeze frame a video and like print out on a piece of paper? And yeah, it came out and a the long paper, the paper
0: felt very uh, was, like slick and, thin. and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. like yeah. like
1: filmy, whatever. Like receipt paper, almost. Yeah, like, like receipt paper, yeah, and it yeah. would spit out. I would stay after work and, and take Pitka's reel, uh, Leslie Dechter, um, Ridley Scott commercials, and I would literally freeze frame and print out each still and then arrange them on a storyboard to look and see how do these guys approach like wide shot, medium shot, tight shot? Uh, how do they approach like a story visually? And I would just do that to, to start to understand it. And to me, because I was never into comic books, oddly enough, I should have been. But it started to, for me to look like, oh, it's like a comic book. And, mm-hmm. and so as you're setting up, because back then, dude, like we were drawing our storyboards. I would have to yeah. have like 15, 16 frames and I would draw them myself. Right. So to understand to make the storyboards look dynamic was almost like kind of a, a bit of a craft or, uh, you know, and get kind of innovative within that space to sell them to the clients. But it made it kind of fun because you were literally drawing something that was going to be put on film and showed to millions of people.
0: Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and that kind of, uh you know, sort of dedication to the craft and dedication to understanding others. It's, it's so hard to do these days because you you can't even see commercials. We used to have the stack of of uh, three quarter inches, and you would oh go into God. the the room and and all of the greats would be there, and you could just watch all of their reels. And now you're like, what's the great? What are the great commercials now? I don't know. Where do I find it? Oh, I have to go online, and then you can't get on can because you have to pay, or yeah. you know. But, and you, it's it's uh, something's been lost, and we need to we need to get it back. I don't know how. Well,
1: I think um. It's true because I always say to people like, "What's your favorite campaign, right running right now?" And there's a massive pause.
0: Even me, like I'm like, if I if it's on the game, I see it like uh, like there's no time. There's no time. It's
1: really changed because you used to be able to say uh, rifle of rifle them right off, like, um, and you would you would be able to say like three. I don't know if it'll come back, but it's changed. And I think it's really interesting, this change, um, mm-hmm. because I don't know. I love change. I, 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 I don't know why, but I do, because maybe with like attention issues, change yeah. is good. Having attention issues in this business has like been very uh, useful for me. Yeah. As for to me to get be excited or interested in something, it really does have to get past uh, a concrete thing or whatever it is in there, yeah, um, and and it helps you identify it, especially with uh, thirty second making films and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, so those, I mean, there were so many heroes back then, and then Sam Bear who I went to SVA with, started becoming one of my favorites, and Tony K, and you used to know them all, and yeah, I, I don't stay as close to it as like CDs and ECDs do. Yeah. But I, but I don't think it's the same as it was. And Michael Bay, we're gonna get Michael Bay. And, right. you know, he's gonna lose his mind. and Joe yeah. Pick is gonna punch the client in the face and like, yeah. yeah, wow, those days are never coming back.
0: No, no, that well, that's Ever. good. That's good. Okay. I, don't, I uh, uh, Joe Pick of punching people. of that's okay. But.
1: <laughs> but, uh, the, uh, so let me see. where was I?
0: So we okay. were talking about your heroes and you were you had just gone on your first shoot. So where to next? Like what, when did you decide oh. like, oh, now I, now I want to go to some place. Did you, did you say like, set your sights on, were there like agencies you really wanted to work at?
1: No. Um, I know I wanted to, I, after my first trip to LA, I was like, I want to live in LA. <laughs> this is like, it was nothing about work. It was like, what the fuck? It's beautiful and sunny here every day. Yeah. There's no bugs and humidity, like in Jersey. Yeah. And it's like, this is where I want to be. At the time, it was Chyatt, Um And there weren't many agencies out here. And if yeah. there was an agency, it was a car account. They, it was yeah. the car. It was
0: like the, the satellite of the yeah, like Toyota the New York agency. And,
1: and I didn't really think about like, uh, moving out here or working in advertising. But at that time, um, my, my two bosses, Joe Shaleski and Dana Jones at SSC&B, Uh, both left Joe left to become a director and um, I used to go shooting stuff with him on the side just to have fun and make spec commercials and then Dana Dana Jones who was the writer moved back to Massachusetts and took a job uh, running a a creative group at this place called Ingalls Quinn and Johnson back then Uh it was a it was a part of BBDO and he called me and said um I need you here. Like now I need somebody who understands television. Uh, The, 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 it's a good group of people, but there's not a lot of dynamic thinking in the television. It's Boston. And I just need to shake things up. Will you move to Boston? I was 24, 25. And I said, are you fucking kidding me, man? I (laughs) grew up like right across the river from Yankee stadium. I mean, I'm a fucking Yankee fan. I'm a giant fan. I'm like, Yeah. yeah, like, No fucking Boston. That's incredible. Like, no way. And my friend, Nick Charlante said, we're going to go out drinking. Cause I said, Nick, what do I do? Cause I can't turn Dana down. He like really helped me. He said, we're going to put together a demands list that he can't possibly meet. And so Nick, who was older than me said, these are all the things you're going to ask for. So I sent it up to Dana and he said, okay, I'm cool with all of it. I was like, no, wait, this was supposed to be like, no. Uh, like, you didn't I want to go be high a, enough. <laughs> I want to be, no, it's like, I want to be a CD. I want a brand new car. It was like all of this stuff. And he was like, and it was triple salary. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, okay, I can do that. Get your ass up here. Oh, and my God. So I was like, okay. And I tell you, I fell in love with Boston. Man, oh, wow. Boston, Boston rocks. It was at the time, it was so great. So worked on Converse, um, worked on a bunch of friendly ice cream. Oh, my God, that's too funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other accounts. TJ Maxx was there, uh, oh, which was wow. actually fun. That was in the early days. Worked there for, again, for like four years. And I had become very, very close with the Converse clients. And... That's where we did. A, there was a thing I did called Grandma Ma for Converse, and it was uh, Larry Johnson in a dress, um, and it was in oh, yeah. the new Aeroglide shoe from Converse. Yeah. It was the craziest thing they'd ever done. And and um, the, the Doug, there's a guy named Doug Houston called me and said, "Hey, I'm starting an agency, and I want you to to run it. So you want to be my partner? We're gonna start an agency." I was like, "Uh." wow, that sounds fun. That sounds cool. Can I bring my partner, Rich Herstek? And so we packaged up a group of people who were at Ingalls and we all went to start Houston. Uh, it was at Houston Effler and then it became Houston Herstek And the Converse client said, if they're to Ingalls, if, if Rich and Pete are going to this new agency, we're going with them. You're fired. Wow. And I was like, I had, I did not have anything to do with that. I did not like this. Yeah, you know, don't sue me. It was like thirty million dollar account. And um, so they Converse moved over to Houston. Um, and, and this is in
0: Boston still.
1: In Boston, yep. Yeah. Um, right on uh, Mass Ave and Newbury Street. And um, so we started with Converse. We had Bay Bank. We just then we picked up Fidelity, and we were on a tear. All the anti-smoking stuff uh, NEC computer. We went on a tear for five years. And you, and, you uh, had
0: to get, you had to get, you had to become like a business person at that point Yeah, with, with, yes. your, with your ADD. How yeah, was you that? You had to ma- manage
1: fire people, hire people, yeah. all of it and manage the group and manage the department. Yeah. And have, I actually, that's what was my first exposure to financial meetings and understanding how agencies work. Right. And I'm actually like I understand it. It's not something I'm really into, but I have a I have a good understanding of like where what the percentages should be. Right. I mean, people versus the income and revenue, and you know what we're looking at it overhead and all that stuff. So, um, so that's an interesting insight because I forgot all about that. But now, like I find that I find them to be really interesting how an agency makes money and how it's changing. how we make money. yeah. But, uh, so five years there, there was a guy named Ed Escandarian over at Arnold who bought pretty much every agency in Boston and put them together to make this company our own worldwide. Yeah. Um, he called me up one day and said, hey, I want to take you out to lunch. And it's like, okay, great. Ed, I've heard all about you. And he said, uh, hey, I want to hire you to run the Volkswagen account. I said, Ed, but Ed, I, I've got... We have my own agency. It's like, I'm yeah. not, not going to go and be a CD on, on, uh, on Volkswagen. But I will tell you, um, at the time, the, the there were two people who were a bit divisive. Uh, they were starting to pull the company apart. Um, and without getting too much into it, it was so great for five years, and it was starting to head in the bad direction. Yeah. I said to Ed... I'll tell you what, I'll turn this interview around and what about buying us and plugging us into Arnold? Because I've got 220 people, good people with really good accounts um, who you could plug right into your company and we can rid ourselves of this other element of where it's going. And he's like, holy shit, bing, bang, boom, made the offer. The two guys who were the kind of the trouble took the money. We yeah. all took our payment and we moved everybody over to Arnold. And wow. There for what, 15 years or something like that.
0: Yeah. What, a, what, what, what possessed you to like, think that you could do like, that's, that's the jump, the leap for me is like, I could just sell
1: the, the age, like. What a, <laughs> I don't what know. A, what a, what a, what a, <laughs> I have no what idea. Great... I have no idea. Well, I was, uh, I was, it was getting to the point where I was starting to get, um, I was just starting to get worried about, Financial things in the company. Again, I don't yeah. want to get too into it. Right. Sure. Sure. But, you know, one thing growing up, in union or anywhere in the tri state area, I don't know, there's a sense that you are brought up with that tells you there's something wrong. There's something yeah. shaky. And we've got a good intuition <laughs> about there's something. And I'm really young and those guys are older. Yeah. And they've been maybe they know what they are doing but I don't know if they do. And yeah. It could have been dangerous. And yeah. So especially back in those days like I I watched I watched a, a guy get busted, a producer get busted by the FBI and Rocco's Pizza on 3rd Ave because he was taking kickbacks on governmental accounts over at NW Air. Oh. And 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 <laughs> what remember, an idiot. Remember what's her uh, pa- Paula or a uh, Shit.
0: Shit. Oh shady. yeah. It's shy. You a gray. Yeah.
1: A gray. Um and even our our head of production, I know he was doing some shady stuff. And yeah, I said, I want to see five different companies doing all of our print. I don't want to see one, dude. Um, yeah. And he's like, Are you what are you saying? He got really mad. And it's like, just I just want to make sure we're diversifying. Because back then the printing industry was like really corrupt. Really, yeah. and production right. was super corrupt, right? Um, and thank god it's not that way at all anymore, it's totally yeah. changed. But you could smell when things were going wrong, and I think because maybe a lot of things were going wrong, <laughs> but <laughs> I ended up firing him uh, as like that. I, I can't trust you. It's like, yeah, I'm not gonna have this company get into legal problems and financial problems because you're, uh, you know, you've got some shady deals going on with the company,
0: yeah putting us yeah. all at risk, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a little known, it's a little talked about uh thing that happened in the in the production world. Mm. And, um I think it's been ended.
1: Um
0: I think so. Like, I think for
1: sure. I think it's amazing when people say like we well, have yeah, this business needs to change a lot more. It's like, man, <laughs> uh, it's it's changed a lot. A it's lot. It's
0: changed a lot. And and the the power is now in the hands of the makers and the creators and um, production company yeah. like you know we have
1: great people yeah who mark darcy went to facebook andrew galler yeah. went to facebook yeah we have great creative people who are now going over onto the client side apple at exactly
0: a this bunch. is yeah.
1: like this is we as mark said to me um when i were having dinner we won we won it's like it's really changing and yeah I, yeah it's a uh, It's really true because, you know, the the best agencies were always the ones who were creatively owned, right? Yeah. You look at it. It's very simple. But now you look at it and say, the creativity, sorry, I'm eating a piece of jerky. Creativity is being expanded into more companies at the top of those companies.
0: Yeah. Not they're, underst- they're understanding the the power of it and the power of of creative thinking and, mm-hmm. and problem solving. Problem because,
1: solving. Yeah. Problem solving. Right.
0: Um. So yeah. So now you're at Deutsch. Uh. You've been there for how what? How long have you Deutsch. been there? 13, thirteen. years.
1: No. No. Jeez. Um. Seven or eight. Seven or eight. eight. Okay. Seven or eight. Uh, it's gone so God. Two thousand thirteen. Two thousand thirteen. Yeah god you know i'm so terrible 1846
0: um, <laughs> i always tell people i started in the 1900s which is <laughs> true. um but uh what's it like there what what have you how have you grown there what's the what's the trajectory been like while you're there and being like a, chairman now
1: it was a tur yeah it's like what whatever that is as i say i'm here to help i'm here to like whatever i can do to guide things um the um, there's, there's a big, big difference. Have you ever worked in Los Angeles? Have you ever worked uh, out here? I don't know. Just,
0: just shooting. No, just I've, shooting. Never, I've never been at an agency there. No.
1: It's interesting because the first thing I recognized, and I love history and I love origin and all of that stuff. The first thing I recognized was the difference between in Boston, there's this Purit- Puritan founded by the Puritans this Puritan kind of, um, what do they call it, uh, Yankee pride. And there's, there, there, there's an innovation, the, the, that area, New England, has, has a history of innovation. I mean, fuck, they invented the sneaker, they invented a lot of things.
0: Yeah, Bell Labs. The,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Polaroid was invented yeah. in Massachusetts, Dr. Yeah. Lamb, right? Yeah. There's these amazing uh, advances, but then, at some point, the the Yankee or the Puritan thing kicks in. It's like, okay, we got to hold tight. Like we got to, We got Like let's stay. Hold. Yeah. hold. No, right. no cards. Everybody hold.
0: close. Close off. Close off the doors. Seal it in. Let's. Yeah, because we
1: what we did is amazing. And if you look yeah. at a lot of those companies, and look, I'm not an expert on this at all. It's just an observation. Yeah. They all stopped growing. And when I look at the West Coast, there's a there's this progressive uh, mindedness. These are the people who got in covered wagons with their wives and children, like went into Nobody knows what's out there. And there's some pretty angry people that you'll probably confront and animals along the way. And there's no police. So you're kind of on your own. Yeah. Really brave, progressive like bold people and you know that was started it and i think that that still kind of exists out here that out here the attitude is um we could definitely do that in fact we should do it 10 times bigger than that and like what i used to find back east was oh my god we could never do that right oh yeah. my god, we could never. that's cool but we could never do that
0: yeah yeah I, that, I, the history is almost a, a burden
1: in uh, some ways, yeah. or just a mindset. And yeah. again, I—what do I know? It's just an observation. But it to me, it was kind of clear as day that out here, there's a more um, there's more of an appetite for boldness, creativity, and and the sense of new. Like, yeah. what I, haven't I seen before? What? How are we going to blow people's minds? It's the, I mean, California and the West Coast, it's where technology and entertainment, it's like all of it. Yeah. Like all the platforms are in California. Yeah. You know, and and even Converse, um, look at Nike. Phil Knight actually uh, started Nike. Uh, He tried to make shoes on the East Coast and he quickly shut everything down and moved it back to the West Coast. Yeah. So Because shoes were all made in New England. All shoes in America were made in New England. Yeah, I mean, It didn't work. So it's, um, I don't know. It just, there's a, there's a big difference for me. So it's been, again, it's a big change, which I love. Um, I like to be provocative and I like to push things. So there's a more openness to that here.
0: Yeah. And being the, being the West coast agency of an East coast agency, what was, what was that like along the way when you, um, from when you it, first started to now, I guess, I guess it's, it had been there. For a yeah, while. yeah. So,
1: so. I I actually um
0: and it became the the real focus of Deutsch. Like I, I feel like the LA office some became say the, became some people, the center for a while.
1: Yeah, some people say that. I mean Deutsch in New York when you know with Donnie, it was a bold agency.
0: I mean At, that my was my first a, internship. That's right. That was it was a, cr- it was a
1: crazy new kind of agency. And Donnie was like the, the the leader of it, bold, not not taking any shit, really flamboyant. Um It wasn't my thing back then, but it was a thing. And it was just like, wow, that's like, you know, good for you. And they were doing really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, Donnie flew out to L.A., met Mike and Eric Hershberg. Uh, They started a little office. They started picking up a few accounts. And then L.A. and New York were like really separate. Uh, And when I uh, came into the picture, when Mike called me, Mike and I met back in Boston about coming out to L.A. Uh, He he did. He offered it to me once and I had to turn him down. I said, my daughter's going to be a junior in high school. I can't in this day and age. I can't pull a girl out of junior year in high school and move her across the country and stick her in with strangers. Good dad. I've got two more years left of her. And like, I'm just going to screw her head up. Like, yeah. so I have to, as much as I want this, mic, I got to turn it down. He hired somebody else. And then two years later, as we were at Cannes, he said, Juliet's in college. Do you still want to move? I'm like, you would still have me? He goes, fuck yeah, let's talk right now. Let's go to lunch. Oh, and wow. It was, done. it was done there. Doing um, deals in Cannes. Look at you. <laughs> like power. There's a kid from Jersey doing powered, deals in Can. I know, right? It's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, it sounds ridiculous, too. So, um, so yeah, coming, coming out here, when I stepped in, there was a real strong feeling that LA is, uh, is the opposite of New York. Like there was the, we're the renegades are we don't play, like, there's not a lot of collaboration. They're two different offices and you don't have to worry about New York. Mike said, you don't have to worry about New York. And I said, this is great. I've worked on global stuff now for six, seven years. I don't like it anymore. I just want to focus on one office, right? Yeah. And, and help make a, a handful of accounts good. That's all you, that's all you have to do. It's so funny, about six months later, Mike says, hey, uh, I want you and me and Winston to run the New York and the LA office. It's like, what? We talked. It's like, what the heck? We, we had this conversation. It. Because then the decision from IPG, was, let's put them together. Let's see if we can't help each other, and then that decision w- was reversed a uh, year and a half ago. Right so now we're separate again.
0: Oh, you're separate again. Yes. And you are. You are. You're described now as a, like a digital lab. Forget what it is. I'm going to forget. Uh, a, a creative studio.
1: Yeah, creative Party. studio. What, what's yeah, what's Party.
0: that? What's that from?
1: So what that what that's from is first uh, in the pandemic we were moving all of our employees into Steelhead, this building that we designed called Steelhead. That's our production company. It's about 60,000 square feet. We have a 10,000 square foot stage, um, seven or eight amazing edit booths. We've got our motion graphic, animation, design people. It's kind of like a production studio. It feels like a TV studio. Um, And there's filmmaking and print shoots or whatever going on all the time. And we're moving the entire agency into that building. We let go of our lease because we want to make the agency feel more like um, something that feels faster and nimbler and smarter than the model that we have right now. Yeah. And how do we link the, strat- the data, the insights and strategy, the creative right to the making? So you can approve stuff and we're going we're to gonna sit right downstairs and we're going to start making stuff. Yeah, that's cool. And it comes out the other side. Um, and then we put some more data on it and things like that. So that's the way, we're, lo- that's the way we're, we're looking at it. We're now producing such a huge majority of our own work, editing our, most of our own work. Of course, we'll still go to great production companies and directors and outside editors. But for the most part, we're keeping it all in-house ourselves, um, so we can be faster and more nimble and, yeah. and, and, the, and more revenue. Yeah, and,
0: and more control and, right. and, and doing more things. Because, you know, you can, make, you can make films so much quicker these days. You don't have to fly out to L.A. You
1: yeah. In LA,
0: but you don't have to fly out to uh, a studio somewhere and, and do it and, you know, wait for the pictures of the bulls to come in. Uh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, exactly. There, you know?
1: Those days are gone.
0: Those days are gone. They were beautiful. And it's also but young gone.
1: people are more makers. So we want to inspire more people to get in the studio and use it. It's like I, I, I always say to people. It's ten thousand square foot soundstage, the most modern one in LA. It's like when I was twenty four, I'd be in there every night. Go like, make
0: a movie, yeah. Walking around, man.
1: Yeah. Stop motion, making weird shit. I don't know, playing with lights. Yeah. Um, so that's what we want to inspire most of the kids to get in there and use it and fuck around. Yeah. Them, you know, yeah. we've got two. We record albums for ten artists already in, in the in the. uh we have two mixing booths and a sound booth. We've already got 10 albums under our belt. But we also design stuff for like titles for shows and things like that. That's really so cool. Try to step out of advertising. Yeah. So that's what my focus is right now. My focus is uh, Steelhead, our production company, and uh, and our design group led by Ademus Batista. And Cameron yeah. runs the creative department and all things in creative department.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, So. Fun. So uh, if people want to reach out and ask you questions or talk or send you stuff, wh- where do they, where do they go? Who should they send it to? Uh, send
1: it to me. Do okay. you want me to give you my email address? Sure. It's a uh, Pete as in Frank, a V as in Victor, a T as in Tom at Deutsch Dot com. There you go. Pete,
0: there at doyshank.com. Um, thank you so much for for spending time with me. Have a great one. Hey, thank thanks, you so much. I hope Pink. this was good. I hope this. Was it was good. Were. Thanks, man. Have a great day. You too. Peace. Bye. Pete Favat, everyone. Um, I feel like the part where he was talking about printing out the framings of big directors. That's like, you know, today following all your favorite creators on Instagram or or you know TikTok and. I feel like that you know that curiosity and that sort of wanting to be you know like people that are ahead of you is still something you can do and still you know being curious and being being uh wanting to have your finger on the pulse of what's going on still a thing so keep doing that uh this has been the A list sponsored by Ad House Advertising School I'm Tom chrisman you could always reach me at tomchrisman.net um rate and subscribe us and uh ross hopman at duotone uh, did the music we love it have a great one thanks everybody